0: This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska. A place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Our reading is from uh, John chapter 1, verses 1
1: through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth.
0: As you know, we've been going through a series called The Advent Conspiracy. And we use the word conspiracy not in the negative sense, but in the best possible way that, that we as a church want to join together and do something together. Something that has impact and meaning. And, and what that is, is that we're encouraging each other to align our priorities Uh, This Advent uh, with those of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's that simple. And we started out by talking about what it means to to worship fully. And uh, you might recall last week was spend wisely. And this week our theme is give more. But it's not in the sense that uh, we saw here where people are shopping because they want to spend more money and and give more things. want to ask you a question think about what you received for christmas last year how many can remember that raise your hand a few of you okay how about two years ago Uh uh-huh all right a few of you how about five years ago can you remember what you got for christmas five years ago howard must have been something really good all right those of you that are old enough most of us in this room. How about 10 years ago? Howard. All right. Oh, you contrarian. All right. Now, how about 20 years ago? Yeah, okay. Howard, you weren't alive yet. All right. But well, you see my point. As we think about Christmas and And of course, the covenant players reminded us of the frenzy of people buying things to give gifts uh, at Christmas time. Those gifts are long forgotten, aren't they? They can be great. They can be just what we wanted. They can be just what we had hoped for. And yet as the years pass and those gifts wear out, somehow they fall back into the recesses. Of our mind, and we can't even remember them anymore. Now, let me ask you this question How many of you can remember who you were with last Christmas? Pretty good. How about a couple of years ago, you remember who you were with? About five years ago, you remember who you were with? Ten years ago? Twenty years ago? Hey, do you notice something here? There are a lot more hands in the air, aren't there? Here's the point. We can go out and we can spend lots of money to purchase gifts that we want to bless somebody with at Christmas time. And that's okay. But what really matters, when all is said and done, as we think back of last year or five years ago and ten years ago, The thing that's going to matter the most, the thing that we're going to remember is not a material item that we were given, something we unwrapped in a package, but it's going to be who we spent Christmas with. Who were the people that were present in our life? Who were the people that that gave more? Not in the sense of giving more. Gifts, but gave more of their presence. Those who gave us the gift by giving themselves away to us. Really, in the end, that's what we remember, don't we? You know, as I was thinking about this message and about what it really means to give more, to give your presence. To give yourself a way to be present with people at Christmas. I began to think about my own life and the the people who had impacted my life. The people who had given me the gift of themselves at Christmas time. And most recently, uh, I was thinking about a a football coach that I had Uh, growing up in a single parent household. My mom tried to be mom and dad for me, but you know what? She couldn't be both. There were some things she just couldn't do. But I was so fortunate because God brought people into my life and and God brought men into my life uh, that were Christ followers who were present in my life. And he used these men um, not only to to help me grow up as a young man, but also to instill faith in Jesus into my life. And one of those men was a football coach. And uh, this coach was very involved and very active in my life. In fact, Growing up in the Pasadena area, every year at this time, we'd be preparing for the Rose Bowl. Now, back in the day, it was usually Ohio State or Michigan playing most often USC and occasionally... It's hard to say this, UCLA. (laughs) Okay? And uh, I remember during those years, that coach would make sure to take me to the Rose Bowl breakfast. And what that was, were the Christian players from each team would come, and they would have a breakfast, and you would be there, and the players would get up, and they'd share their testimony. They'd share about their faith in Jesus Christ. And and this coach always made sure that I was there. This coach made sure that during the summertime, I went to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp. Uh, in fact, it was in... Uh, July of 1975 at the FCA camp at Oral Roberts University in Oklahoma, uh, that I came forward and said, I want to publicly declare my faith in Jesus Christ. I want to follow him the rest of my life. But it was the presence of this coach. It was his decision, his desire to give more of himself to me. Uh, that was so formative in my life. And I have to tell you, I've thought about him often. Uh, we lost track over the years. And recently, I was thinking, you know, I'd like to thank him. I don't I even know if he's still alive. And so I went online and started a search and did the things that you do to try to track somebody down. And, and it was kind of a long process. A lot of dead ends. But guess what? I found... An email. I didn't know if it was uh, current or not. And I said, I'm going to try it. And so I sent him this email. I said, Now, this is who I'm looking for. I don't know if you're this person, but if you are, I'd like to talk with you because I'd like to thank you for being present in my life and making a difference at a very important time. And a couple of days went by, and I got a return email, and it was him. He's in his early 80s. He's retired. He's living on a farm in Oklahoma where he was born. Right? And uh, we have rekindled that old friendship. But I got to do something that's so important. And I would encourage you to do this too. I want you to think about people in your life uh, that are still living. That made a decision to give more. That is, they gave more of themselves To you. These are difference makers. These are people that you remember. That they were there. They were there for you. And as you think about those people, what I want you to do is I want you to make an effort to thank them. Drop them a card, give them a call, and in some way let them know how much you appreciate their decision to give more. To be present in your life. Now, if you can't do that, then I want to encourage you to do something else. For all of us to do something else. And that's this. I want to encourage each of us to give more of ourselves this Christmas. To give more than a material gift or a present that someone will unwrap. But would you commit yourselves to giving the gift of yourself? Nothing can be more impactful. Nothing can communicate your love for someone else than your decision to give yourself away to them. The greatest gift, the greatest present you can give anyone, whether it be Advent or any other time, isn't a material gift. It's not spending more on things. It's investing More of yourself and being present in people's lives. As we think about that, our passage today in in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, we are reminded of the greatest gift that anyone can ever receive. And that is the gift of Jesus Christ. Uh, Scripture starts out, John 1, it tells us. Who Jesus is. It's interesting. There's a contrast as you read the, the first verses of John's Gospel and you read in the first chapter of Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, God speaks. What? He speaks creation by His Word. All things come into being. Now, that's not a uh, a coincidence that John takes that concept of God's Word, the Word, if you will, and rather than presenting it as some kind of impersonal force that's mystically out there somewhere, right? John contrasts it to Genesis 1, where God speaks creation into being, literally in John chapter 1, in the verses that we read this morning we read how God speaks, if you will, or gives His Word and brings salvation into existence. In Genesis, He brings the world into existence. In John 1, He brings salvation into existence. By the Word. The Word is personal. Uh, The Word is God, right? Who Becomes flesh and dwells among us. God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living Word. Okay? The living Word of God. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. Jesus, part of the triune God, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son. God the Holy Spirit, co-eternal, co-equal, co-powerful. And so God becomes flesh in the living Word. Jesus Christ, the One who is the way, the truth, and the life. The One whom we learn in Scripture that, that no one comes to the Father but through Him. And at Christmas, we celebrate the greatest gift of all, God's gift to us, the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, the living Word, the way of salvation. In John Eldridge's book, Epic, he recounts a story from the Swedish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard uh, in his writing called The King and the Maiden. Let me read to you an excerpt from this it says suppose there was a king who loved a humble maiden the king was like no other king every statesman trembled before his power no one dared breathe a word against him for he had the strength to crush all opponents and yet this mighty king was melted by love for a humble maiden how could he declare his love for her in an odd sort of way his kingliness tied his hands If he brought her to the palace and crowned her head with jewels and clothed her body in royal robes, she would surely not resist. No one dared resist him. But would she love him? She would say she loved him, of course, but would she truly? Would she be happy at his side? How could he know? If he rode to her forest cottage in his royal carriage with armed escort waving bright banners... That too would overwhelm her. He did not want a cringing subject. He he wanted her to love him. He wanted her to love him. So the mighty king disguised himself as a beggar and went alone to the maiden's door in the wood to win her heart. It is a parable of the coming of Jesus of Nazareth. God Himself... The King of all creation takes on human flesh and enters our world as one of us. He set aside His glory. He clothes Himself with humanity and joins the human race to demonstrate His love and give us the choice for life. Life with Him. What a gift. And of course, in that story, we are reminded of God's gift to us. In Romans 5 8, Paul writes these words But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died. For us. And then we think about that. We we try to contemplate all that that means and, and how could that be and in and, and what way that God did that. And of course, in Advent, we celebrate the incarnation and we're reminded of these words in 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that through his poverty, right? we might become rich. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the great gift exchange, if you will. We come in our brokenness and our poverty and the sinfulness of our human condition. And we have a life changing encounter with Jesus Christ, who gives his life as a sacrifice for our sins, so that though he being God becomes God incarnate, imagine that 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 great condescension of of leaving heaven and coming to earth and in the poverty, if you will, of human flesh. And because of that, and because of his death on the cross, we have the gift of new life, of forgiveness of sin. Literally, he becomes poor that we might become rich and that we are clothed in his righteousness. Think about that. Think about that gift. Think about God's love that's expressed in His very presence. In His very presence. And then, of course, Philippians 2, verses 5-11. through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not... Consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore. Now, whenever you come across a the therefore in the scripture, you always have to ask yourself the question what is therefore, therefore? Right? Are you ready for this? This is good stuff. Therefore, God exalted Himself to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we see in the example of Jesus, one who gives His very life away through the gift of presence. God becomes flesh and God dwells among us. And so, here's the question. How are we going to invest ourselves the advent. Our theme today is to to spend more, uh, to spend more by giving more, giving more of ourselves, by giving the gift of presence, by entering into people's situations, into the circumstances of their lives. Uh, those lives that that we look at and we might say, "Wow, this is something that is." Wonderful. Or those lives that are messy. That we would otherwise maybe want to step back from. You see? God is calling us to be and to give ourselves and to be present. In both those kinds of situations. And so literally, as Jesus came, we go into the world. We live... Incarnationally, as we enter people's lives, their circumstances, their situations, and we give the gift of ourselves by being present with them. Now, Johann Goth said these words Whatever you think you can do or believe you can do, begin. Whatever you think you can do or believe you can do, just begin, get started. Right? As Nike would say, just do it. Okay? Action has magic, grace and power in it. 1 John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. John begins This letter, this way. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, which our hands have touched. Okay? This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. And we have seen it and we testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And so John, and those first followers of Jesus, very aware of the incarnation. Of God's presence with them. In the person of Jesus, they saw him, they heard him, they touched him. It was that that they gave testimony to, it was that that they gave witness to. And as we think about that, we think about the call on our lives to go, to be present, to testify to what we have heard, what we have seen, the way that the Lord Himself has touched our lives. There's four things that I want to suggest to you that we can do. And as I was talking about the theme for this week's message uh, with Mike Alberts, uh, he shared with me something that he's going to share with uh, his high school students. And so I said, Mike, this is great stuff. Can I borrow it? Can I use it? I think the, the whole congregation needs to hear it. It applies so much to what we're talking about this morning. And he said, Pastor Todd, you know what? Uh, this is Community property. Go ahead and share it. All right? So this is what uh, Mike shared with me. And the first is this. As as Jesus came, we go into the world, but we want to what? Be good news. We want to be good news. Remember that that coach I was sharing with you about as we began this morning? He literally was good news. Uh, He lived The gospel. He was present in my life. He was willing to give Himself to me in a way that was life changing. I literally not only heard the message of the gospel, but I encountered the truth of the gospel being lived out in a real person. He touched my life, but God touched me through Him. Be the good news. Be the Present. Allow yourself to be in places where the light that came into the world can shine in you and through you. Okay? Be the good news. The second thing is, share the good news. Be intentional. In relationship. Wait for that opportunity. And I tell you, those opportunities come when you can give a reason for the hope that exists within you. I uh, had a doctor's appointment recently. With a brand new physician. And uh, this physician. Asked me what brought me to. Alaska. And I said. My, my job. Then came the question. What do you do? Right. And you know that conversation. would go one of two ways. <laughs> right. And I told her. Well I'm a pastor. She said. Well. What kind of church? And. Uh. I shared. Well, it's an evangelical covenant church, and uh, it, it's a in the Protestant kind of range of of denominations, and and it was founded here by Swedish immigrants that got established in the 1880s or thereabouts, and kind of just giving her a general. And I looked at her, and I kind of uh, I kind of mused. I said, um, "Wow, well, you're not Catholic, are you?" <laughs> and she was about to cut away a, a skin growth, and. Uh, And she says, well, as a matter of fact, I am, but I'm not very religious. Okay, there was the point of entry for conversation. I said, you know what? I'm not either, but I am spiritual. How about you? Well, yeah, I I think that I am. And so that opens the door rather than closes the door. That's being present and being available to share the good news. And uh, we need to look for those opportunities uh, to be able to share the good news, the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. So we we want to be the good news. We want to share the good news. We want to renew the good news. You want to hear the good news? The gospel is good news that God, through his son, Jesus Christ, has reconciled us. That we're not punished according to to what our sins deserve, but instead we are washed clean in the blood of our Savior Jesus. We're given the gift of eternal life, new life. We have, what? Reconciled our relationship with God. This Christmas, we can renew the good news. Let me tell you how. By extending to others the very same thing God's extended to you. By being willing to forgive Even as God has forgiven us. And so again, the challenge. As you're present in somebody's life, think of of those in your life that have hurt you. Who have done harm to you. And ask the Lord to to help you move closer to that place of being able to forgive them. And so, imitating Christ Himself. The love of God through Christ. That's a, a renewal of the good news in our life. It's a willingness to to lean forward into those hard places and and do for others and extend to others the very thing that, that God has extended to us. And so we share the good news. We are the good news. Finally, I want to encourage you to enjoy the good news. It gets back to the turtle and the watch. That we would slow down And take time to engage God. To engage our our Savior. Just not to sing about Him. Just not to give gifts in His name. But to really encounter Him in a fresh and a new way. And I think that if we do these things, we will, in a very real way, be imitating Him. And making ourselves available to Him. And available to others. Now... Jen Barnum, this is for you. I was having a dinner at the Barlands, Lori and I were, and she said, Pastor Ty, I have a question for you. How come we always talk about God's presence in the here and the now, but uh, we, we don't speak much of our future hope? That is, at Advent, just as surely as God entered the world through the incarnation and and Jesus Christ came into the world to die on a cross for our sins, that we might have forgiveness and the gift of eternal life, we need to point people to the fact that Jesus is coming again. And that's our eternal hope. And there aren't a lot of sermons on that. Not very much anymore. It's, it's pretty much just focused on God in the here and now. That's important. But our hope is not only in God that is here and now and present but a God who is coming again. And at Advent, as surely as Christ came the first time, there's going to be a second Advent. And He is coming the second time. And that's good news for those of us who love Him. Those who follow Him. Those who have been transformed by His life. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Beginning in verse 13, Paul is, is talking to the Thessalonians and there's a variety of topics he's been talking about. And, and, but he wants to remind them that not only those who have died, but those who are alive at Christ's coming are going to go and be with him physically, right? He says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, those who have gone or died before so that you do not grieve like the rest who have no hope. This is what we believe, he writes. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring Jesus to those who have fallen asleep in Him. In other words, those who have died before His second coming. According to the Lord's Word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep or died. For the Lord Himself... Listen to this now. This is good news. All right, remember how the angels announced His first coming? Right? To the shepherds? There's great fanfare in heaven. Listen to this. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. With the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that... We who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Wow. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Now listen to verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another. Encourage one another with these words. Thank you, Jen for reminding us that the first advent points us to the second. As the worship team is coming forward, I want to close with a writing from John MacArthur in the book I commended to you last week called God With Us. It says, Next time will be different. The first time Jesus came, He was veiled in the form of a child. A star marked His arrival. Wise men brought Him gifts. There was no room for Him. Only a few attended His arrival. He came as a baby. Next time Jesus comes, and He's coming again, He will be recognized by all. Heaven will be lit by His glory. He will bring rewards for His own. The world won't be able to contain His glory. Every eye shall see Him. He will come as Sovereign King and Lord of all to the glory of God. Amen.